Welcome to Franklin Covey's Seven Habits Coach Series. I'm your host, Todd Davis, Executive Vice President and Chief People Officer at Franklin Covey. On this season of the Seven Habits Coach, we are talking to some of our expert consultants on how you can actually amplify your impact with the help of the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Today, I'd like to welcome my good friend, one of our expert consultants and our managing director in Madrid, Spain, Christian Tyden. Hey, Christian, how are you? Very well, thank you. Great to be here with you. Great to see you. Thank you for taking time to join us. So, Christian, let's just jump right in. Would love to start off with discussing what what was your initial introduction to the Seven Habits. Well, I was um, actually certified in the Seven Habits in two thousand and two. That was twenty years ago. Wow! And uh, we were certified in Paris, and I remember it was a full week, all day long. I saw the Eiffel Tower from, from the window. And uh, I also remember the enormous uh, facilitator's guide. It was like, weighed a ton, it's this thick. And I still have it actually, because I thought it's like a relic uh, for me. So that was 20 years ago and I still keep the manual and also my first participant guide, which was the 2.0 version. So those are still with me. I, I remember that facilitator guide as well. It was like being asked to memorize the Bible or something like that. It was pretty ominous. So you've been teaching for 20 years? That's correct. Wow. Well, that, that's, a, that's a lot of experience. I, I would assume that's been hundreds, if not thousands, of, of repetitions you've had in teaching. That's in right. Teaching well, hundreds at least, yeah. Yeah. Hundreds at least. Thousands of people. Good for you. Well, today we're here to talk about habit five. Seek first to understand, then to be understood. And would love to just, I guess, somebody who's been teaching this for 20 years and, and met with people in all different walks of life, all different industries, as you discussed the principles of habit five, what would you, what would you discuss are the most uh, critical takeaways from habit five? What are the principles or the points to take into consideration when you think about habit five? Well, I've always thought that habit five is an extremely powerful habit. Um, although we must grasp the, the previous habits, you know, have a strong grasp of the private victory, you know, habits one, two, three, and also um, seek mutual benefit with habit four. I think habit five applied appropriately can produce extremely um extremely fast results and effective results. Now, I always say that there are like three important points to take into consideration. Uh, the first would be don't use habit five to manipulate. You, you can get very good at it, but if you try to manipulate people using it, uh, you will probably lose their trust if you get caught. So, so give, us, give us an example of that. We may have some viewers that aren't, aren't as familiar with habit five, seek first to understand, then to be understood. So what would be an example of, of maybe using it in the wrong way to manipulate? Well, if I want to get my way and I want you to listen to me and, and you know, do what I want to do, I could use it to make you feel that I am actually listening to you. And therefore, I might seem to be listening to understand when I'm only listening to reply. Your intent is really important then. What is, what is your intent is what you're absolutely, saying. Absolutely, absolutely that your intent is, is sincere, right? That your intent is sincere, that you are actually wanting to understand and therefore you need to listen to understand and stop listening to reply. Secondly, is, is to provide the, the person with what we call in Franklin Covey psychological air. 
gives them the opportunity to feel understood, which is a hu it's human nature. Everybody wants to feel understood. So if we provide that in a sincere way, we give them that psychological air, and then they're more prone to listen to us. That's why seek first to understand, then to be understood. We usually do it the other way. You know, you listen to me, and, you know, and then I'll listen to you. And people, when you do that, they just push back. And, and thirdly, I always say, don't try to make it perfect. You know, we, we, it, we all need to practice this and, and, and use it when, when needed. And that way, we, we use an empathic response to the person, trying to really understand their point of view by reflecting the feelings and or the content given that psychological air, their guard goes down and they're more prone to listen to you. The idea of habit five is to reach mutual understanding, not mutual agreement, that's habit six, but at least a mutual understanding. So, so when you say don't worry about making it perfect, it sounds like you're saying the skill, the actual words I use, I may not, I may not have some perfect formula, but if my intent is to really understand you not to try and manipulate you, not try and get you to see it my way, but if my intent is to really understand you, that's where the focus should be. Is this what you mean by saying don't worry about getting it perfect? Precisely. Because, okay. first of all, we're going through habit four, which is seeking mutual benefits. It is your win as much as mine. And that is to, that's just to start off with. Because if I'm not seeking mutual benefit, I won't listen to you. I just want you to listen to me. So it's, your intent is in habit four, and then in habit five is, all right, now let's try to reach a mutual understanding. We may have totally different points of views, but I respectfully understand your point of view so that you respectfully understand mine. Once we have reached that level of understanding, then we can move towards uh, habit six. Try to find a third alternative. Um, try to, to, to find something or a solution that is better than what you and I have in mind. But I will not get there if we don't have mutual understanding. We need to understand each other, and therefore I need to listen to understand. And it's not <laughs> the same thing. I remember when I started this, you know, you really noticed that you had to listen in a different way. And it's outstanding how 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 some some you get some some incredible results by using this adequately when needed, um, at the right time and in the right situation. Makes a ton of sense. They, very, very wise counsel there. Uh, when you were talking about psychological error, I was reminded of Dr. Covey saying, the deepest need of the human heart is to feel understood. And Sorry. I remember when I first heard that, I thought, I didn't disagree with that, but I thought, oh, wow, is that really the deepest need of the human heart? And I have found, Christian, and as you're, you're talking, you're reminding me, I have found time and time again it's something as human beings we just all crave, and that is to feel like someone not not necessarily agrees with me or disagrees with me, but that they understand me. Correct. I feel exactly the same way, and I've noticed it so many times when you consciously put it into practice in an appropriate way, and you get you know sometimes like a wow, you know, a kind of response from the other person. Yeah, because it's so, it's so uncommon that, to have someone actually listen to you. <laughs> exactly. You know, oh, he's really listened to me. He really understood what I said, you know, yeah. and that provides them that what we call the psychological air. Okay. Very, very helpful. So considering these excellent points you brought up, how can someone actually amplify their impact? 
uh, in, in their professional life, in their personal life, using these principles of Habit 5? Well, basically, uh, following the, the, the Habit 5 steps, um, when you're really seeking to, to find mutual benefit, which is Habit 4, um, and you need to come to mutual understanding, apply Habit 5 by the book, the process, providing an empathic response. Uh, this is the way you refer to uh, referring to their feelings, the other person's feelings, which therefore you need to be very observant of what is going on in the situation. And, or as I said before, the content, or both in the same sentence. So basically, I see that you're upset about the fact that da-da-da-da-da. Not making it a question, but always having an exclamation mark at the end. It's a statement that you have really understood their feelings and the, the content of what's been talked about. It's that simple, and you'd be surprised of the outcomes. You, you, you say it's that simple, and yet so few people do it. And, and as you said, I find myself, I have to really focus and be deliberate about it. Can you, can you give us an example? Have you, have you shared maybe a couple of examples, one in your, in your professional life and, and maybe one in your personal life? Um, we, I've got many examples. Uh, <laughs> I recall one of one of my facilitators actually. She barged into my office, tears in her eyes, and said that she'd had a really strong argument with a colleague, another team member. And um, as as soon as I saw this, I said, "Right, you know, off the habit five bell goes. You know, <laughs> apply habit five. Close the door, sat her down, and started listening." And I know who she's talking about and I know how he is. And I, I could have said, yeah, yeah, but you know how he is, you know, don't worry about it. I didn't. I just literally rephrased, reflected feelings, understood, acknowledged that I was understanding, proved, I proved that I was understanding her point of view and her position. And eventually she started boring. She just started crying and so forth. And usually when you see these situations that, you know, someone's crying, you want to go up and say, oh, don't worry about it. You know, we'll, we'll take care of this. Instead, I just sat down and just and said, I understand that this is hurting you, that you've been very hurt and um, carry on talking. And eventually she calmed down and she said, "Whoa, what should I do? Now she's asking me for advice. Right. And that's when we said, OK, let's try to figure this out. I'll have a chat with him. And. We eventually solved it. The funny thing was that she is a seven habits facilitator. <laughs> okay. And so she didn't realize that I was actually applying this. She never said, oh, you're playing habit five with me. No, it just comes naturally when you, when you really see that it's needed. So that's a great, that's a great example. And, and when I, when I hear you say uh, she didn't realize I was applying it, I think that's where some people might think, oh, so it's a manipulation, it's a, it's a trick mm -hmm. you're using. But, but your intent was to just really understand here, understand her, and and help. And Precisely. so it's not a it's not a manipulation in that sense. It's a it's you're just trying all. to be a sounding board for her. And another example on a personal level, uh, I'll never forget this one. Came home seven o'clock in the afternoon from work, tired, and I heard this big row going on in the living room opened the door to the house, walked in, there was my wife talked, shouting to my son, it was you. And my son was not me, it was you. No, it wasn't. And you know, it was just a real mess. The first thing I wanted to do was just turn around and leave, but no, they saw me. So walked in and the first thing that you usually say is what's going on, you need to try to stop this, the neighbors are gonna hear us. And I said to myself, hmm, 
habit five. So I walked straight up to my son, who was like 12 then, and I know how he is that when he, when he feels he's being blamed for something that he's not done, he just loses it. So I walked up to him and I said, son, you feel that mommy is blaming you for something you've not done. It was incredible that he suddenly stopped crying, kept quiet, turned at me, turned towards me and said, yeah, dad, that's exactly how I feel. I said, okay, now explain exactly what's happened. And eventually it was a, my daughter who had done it, right? So luckily my wife didn't say it. I think she just, stepped, she just kept away. And, but my son automatically stopped crying, calmed down and explained calmly what the situation was and we finally solved it. It really shocked, it surprised me in five seconds I could change such a, a tense situation. Yeah. Great, great examples. Thank you for sharing. I'm reminded of another quote from Dr. Kevy where he said, with people, fast is slow and mm -hmm. slow is fast. Slow is and if you're talking, Christian, giving these examples, I'm thinking, and again, easy to talk about, hard to do, but to have the patience and the discipline, rather, the discipline to slow down and just ask the questions or, or, or acknowledge what you're seeing like you did with your son. You you are upset because mom is blaming you for something you don't feel you did. Is that right? And you're That's just exactly. clarifying that. Yeah. I remember Dr. Covey always said that the most, because they asked him many times, you know, what is the most difficult habit? He always said habit five. Mm. He always said, you know, habit five was, was a challenge. Well, and as you're talking, Christian, I think at least what I feel like is, as human beings, we're, we're fixers. We want to help. We want to solve the problem. And it would be my tendency in your example, like you said, with the colleague to say, hey, hey, just calm down. We'll get this taken care of. We'll work on it. What did he do? Let's go over and talk to him. And, and I'd want to jump in and just hurry and solve the problem. And that comes from a good place in my heart. But it's really not what's needed at that time. What she needed was to just feel understood is what I hear you saying. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, as I said, it, you have wow. to find the right moment for it to, for it to, to, um, to, apply, to apply this, the, the habit um, and consciously just follow the steps. And then it eventually becomes a habit you, when you realize that, you know, when it's needed, you just apply it straight out, you know, so, so, but it is highly effective, extremely effective in some cases. Yeah. And so you're saying with like, like with all habits, once you, once you use it enough and sincerely use it, it becomes part of who you are. You don't even have to think about it. You just do it automatically. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you have to apply it proactively habit one. So they're all there. They're yeah. all there before. <laughs> so it's a process. Could you just, could you just travel around with me for the next couple of months until I can get better at all of these habits? Because you seem to have nailed it. <laughs> would be my pleasure, Todd. Christian, thank you so much for your time today. This is really, really insightful that you've shared with us and really appreciate you taking the time to do that. And I want to thank all of you for joining us as well. For more information or for additional resources, please go to our website at franklincovey.com. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.